wait, wait, wait. Now, usually we have some sort of exclusive content on the original doll. So let's go ahead and I'm going to play a snippet of Megan Catoni's demo for Pretty Girls, brought to you exclusively through the original doll podcast with James Rodriguez. I hope you're enjoying it. I want to thank you so much, listeners. This is the Original Doll Podcast, and I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton. On the Original Doll Podcast, I unpackage pop music with the people who created it. I talk exclusively and directly with songwriters, producers, and more to talk about all your favorite songs and some of those deep cuts. We're also a charitable podcaster. For every question a guest answers, items get donated to charity, and for every listen we get in the first 24 hours, items also get donated to charity. So just by you listening, as soon as this episode is released, you're helping out those in need. I want to give a special shout out to my Patreons. Please go ahead and join me at patreon.com slash the original doll to get more exclusive content and a little private chat with Megan Catoni. I'm going to have a little bit of a snippet of a Patreon exclusive later in this episode. But I wanted to uh, introduce our guest today, Megan Catoni, who was in fact the writer of Pretty Girls. And that snippet you hear, that is her voice. She's also worked with Little Mix. She's worked with Kylie Minogue and so many others. We're going to get into that. But for the first time, listeners, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to subscribe and like. Don't forget to rate us and more. So visit me, Instagram.original.doll. And if you want to go old school, www.theoriginaldoll.com. So I'm trying to make this quick, and we're just going to go ahead and get started. Uh, You're going to be able to hear some fun things, some fun snippets, and more as I talk with Megan Catoni about Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea's track, Pretty Girls. This is the original doll. The original doll. Let's jump to this. So Pretty Girls, we as Britney Spears fans know Pretty Girls with Iggy and Britney, and it was kind of a one-off single. Everything was in there. But we do know, you know, Charlie XCX was involved at some point working with Invisible Man as her own version of it. And here you are with Little Mix and everything. So let's let's clean up the internet. Let's talk about the journey of the, the song as you know it. Yeah, I I'll, I would guide you through the yellow brick road of, of uh, Pretty Girls. So how it started was, is off the back of Fancy being an absolute out and out smash with um, Charlie XCX and Iggy, as you've mentioned, the Invisible Men's, um, uh, Invisible Men, excuse me, are um, amazing producers who, who did that track. And they're based actually in, in London quite a lot of the time. Um, so working on that particular album cycle with little mix i think it would have been salute was it the salute days i'm thinking there's a lot of albums i've been involved with so forgive my uh flakiness because get weird was like 2015 i believe yeah it was before i think it was like 2013 maybe 2013 was the salute era with move and everything so i'm thinking it's about that just after that kind of time so what they wanted was to have a fancy 
Invisible-esque track with that kind of track. So we had a session with Invisible Men um, and I think it was about the first time I've, I'd worked with them. Anyway, so they had this amazing track. The instrumental was as it exists now pretty much. And we started um, an idea and I think it was myself and the guys and we got that um all around the world pretty girls like quite quickly as a as a hook so we did the idea and then the girls came to finish the track with us and it was funny actually because the version we did was i'd say it was verging on the ridiculous like it was (laughs) like like it was like the audio of a movie and you couldn't obviously if you close your eyes you can imagine this crazy scene it was just bizarre and we were having a great time and it was all a good crack but (laughs) overnight like having sent it back to the management they were like no so that (laughs) just died but what we did kept keep from that in the room and this is why they have writing credits on because obviously they were in the room and it you know exists in that form is the pre um, what is it? Guys roll up, windows roll down, eyes on the uh, jars on the ground. I always forget my own lyrics. So um they they were involved in that and they said a couple of those lines, so that's why they have writing credit. So I'll just skip back. Love so, it. Anyway, so the mm. management said no to this song, but the guys we had a second day and the guys were like, Look, why don't we just rewrite the verses? And that's what you hear now on Pretty Girls is the verses we did. So anyway, they, the guys are saying like, look, we're gonna we're gonna pitch it and maybe see about Britney and I'll sing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Well, um, <laughs> never in a million years because at this time I really had no no cuts or mm-hmm. no success to really speak of other than the Little Mix stuff because mm-hmm. Move was my first release. So for anyone listening who's here for Britney, like I've only I've only managed to be with be, be a writer for Britney because of this journey with Little Mix so it's quite relevant to me but I love it yeah it, it's crazy how these things happen anyway so time goes on and and John shave and he is like so um uh, I think Britney's gonna cut it and I literally probably fell off the couch or whatever I was sitting on because I was like are you freaking serious so anyway um months went on it, it literally i could have grown a baby quicker than this thing came out um yeah I, look when you asked me about the jacks jones that's a whole nother you know i could have had a, a lot of kids by that waiting for that one but um anyway so so eventually it did come out and see the light of day and there was all this mess and it nearly didn't come out um because there was a leak from Little Mix's label because they let the song go ultimately. Like, you know, we let them have first dibs at this new version, but they just didn't feel it was right. And that's, you know, that's what it was. So um, someone at the label leaked, what, what was it? I've, it was in the sun, mix me baby one more time. And this, and it mm. said, and it mentioned the feature, which nobody knew about, nobody knew about it at this um. time. So Sony was like, well, we might just pull the track and it might not come out. So I I went and screamed at someone a lot and I made them cry. <laughs> so Good for you. Good yeah. for you. It's that's your that's your work. That is your 
that is the the creation your your artistic creation and i think that's where sometimes people don't realize even if it took you 20 minutes to write yeah. the song it's the years of all the training that you've done yeah. the years of writing and journaling that people think that music doesn't have value because it's air it's this sort yeah. of thing yeah. and it, it ticks me off because as i've been interviewing many people it's yeah. like you hear these shady things that labels oh. do that are like oh well you can wait oh. we're not keeping this song so we're gonna throw it out there so people are like how do these great quality versions get out there when only three people had them and it's yeah. these situations I know, it's ridiculous i know and i mean we'll never know the extent of some of the shadiness i'm sure but um mm -hmm. that was that was particularly upsetting because I had only literally lived to serve. I am that person that will write a song for your nan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm that, what would they say? I hope I, can I swear? Like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, abso yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, I love you even more. I, have got, I was a sailor in a past life, I'm sure. Um, no, but like with 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 that, I, I it was like, I, I will set myself on fire to keep you warm. Like yep. that is how I mm -hmm. am. And you know, actually only having kids has made me, forced me to be like, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So I have yep. only been like, I wanted to write songs and I'll give you all my time. And for someone to do that was a bit shit. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. And it, it's <laughs> crazy. So, so let me ask this though. Yeah. So when did, was Iggy always going to be on that track, even with Little Mix, or when did Iggy? Because I know Iggy and the Invisible Men have worked together. Yeah, so they they were on the same they were on the same management as well. So it was very much, I think, always in the plan to have Iggy, and I think that probably attracted Britney to do that collaboration with her. So um, yeah, I mean, it it was amazing because I always like, I always thought Iggy got a bad rap. Like, you know, I, I don't think all the criticism and hatred she got was was fair, really, to be honest with you. Um, but she's still doing her thing, which is good. But yeah, it was, you know, Iggy was. Um, and I, I think people wanted. Great well, and I think people wanted to make Iggy a villain in this mm -hmm. whole situation. And I think it's it's one of those misogynistic things. Like we wouldn't do that if that were Bruno Mars. We wouldn't blame somebody on this. We wouldn't dislike them for all these things. Yeah. And I feel like Iggy Azalea's career has always been under the microscope where they're like, she's so offensive or she's not talented and things like that. And it's like, yeah. these are ridiculous things. She's talented, she's hardworking. Yeah. And what I love is she gives like her flowers to others. Right. She gives props up to, to these people. Totally. So, totally. So with all this stuff happening though, because it was going to be, because I remember in an interview, Iggy was like, hey, it's going to now be on my album because they're not sure if Britney's going to release an album. And then all of a sudden, Britney's people are like, just kidding, we're going to release it as a single. And everyone is like, what is... I think this might have bypassed me, James, because this is news. Yep. Wow. See, yep. so, super fan right here. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So basically what they what was what Iggy had said was they worked on two songs right. with Britney in mind. Right. And that she acknowledged that the song was a different version before. And she didn't say who the other people are. So I assume the little mix thing. And she said that 
they it was going to be released and she's like man it's taken forever okay. to come out okay and the, her label was like well britney's not making an album right now so we're gonna hold off until she's ready to make an album and iggy said fine i'll take it for my album okay. then a short time later they're like oh just kidding you know we'll make it a because it's Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea. It's not no. featuring one or featuring the other, no. which was big at the time too. Yeah, And so it was just a matter of that. So there was a lot of this, who's going to release it? When is it going to be? And the song was hot. And I think Iggy Azalea always knew, yeah. hit it while the people totally. are still want, like she had trouble Jennifer Hudson out, which I love that song. That was big. Problem. Massive. Massive. You could not get away from it well and that's what i was going to say and in both of those situations of problem and fancy they weren't just big they were globally oh, yeah. big everyone knew it and yeah. everyone was chasing that sound yeah so then when you finally found out hey it's going to be released as a a britney song how did that feel and then find out that it was going to be given a video treatment how did all that feel it felt insane because i think just as a human this is just I don't know, something I, I think a lot of people wrestle with. It's like you have imposter syndrome sometimes when you do things that you love and that you're good at. I know I'm good at songwriting, but you think, how did that happen? Surely I surely I didn't just write a Britney single. It must have been them. Like I kind of didn't feel like I deserved it. You know what I mean? And it didn't it didn't feel real, I, I, I guess. And it still doesn't. Like I think there's some somewhere or something I've got I don't know and I'm like just weird it is it is really surreal I don't think I fully appreciated it at the time I think maybe if it had happened now I mean my career is more uh what can we say um I have a higher profile that's probably a good way of, of saying it um so I I might have got more out of it now if than that than I did then but it was obviously amazing exciting let's check what chart positions she's at la 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 you know definitely great but no I didn't appreciate it fully for sure well and that's one of those things so many times I've heard from other songwriters is you're so in the moment of working on the next project that you don't know when it's going to get cut or released no. and then just because somebody cuts it doesn't mean it's going to get released oh, no. and so I think you're always on to the next thing yeah. and I say this if people don't get songwriters, I say, think of this. Think about if you've watched an interview with an actor promoting a movie. They didn't just finish filming that movie that day. No. This was probably a year before. They're probably on to two other projects since. Yes. And they have to remember, wait, what was, did I do yes. that? Oh, yeah, I did do that. Like, it's the remembering. Yeah. But common theme is the imposter syndrome. With every songwriter I talk yeah. to, they're like, I think people are going to find out that I don't know what I'm doing. Did I oh. do what I was doing? Did this yeah. happen? Oh my God, Everyone. do you know what made, give, gave me such like confidence and like just so, sort of like a bit of validation was, I don't know if you've seen that Netflix thing with uh, about Pixar, they're like little shorts. Yep. And, the, and all of the, like the writers and producers, they're like staring at blank pages going shit, shit, throwing it in the bin. And they don't, they like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, thank you. Like, those words literally were like, it's not just me. Like, do you know what I mean? And yep. oh my God, it, it absolutely mental, absolutely mental because creativity is using that non-thinking brain. When you start thinking about 
being creative, you 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 lose your flow. You lose that like being the vessel, mm-hmm. being the channel. So yeah, sometimes you have these moments of brilliance and it's just like, what happened? Did I do that? Which is why I record everything that comes out of my mouth because I'm like a goldfish. I forget everything. That's why I have my mic here. This is where I sit now. I just work on Zoom. I'm like, well, I love it. The mic, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And I record everything. I love it. Well, and that's one of those things. It's the muse just comes to you and you need to like, it's channeling and you can't stop it. Your job isn't nine to five. You're, yeah. You don't start thinking creatively just during those hours that you're like, oh, is no. this an idea? You put it down in there. So with with that, I mean, because and now we're going to start talking about more of your, your work. First thing, though, is with Pretty Girls, did you listen to the Charlie XCX, the heart in the pocket no. version of what she did with it? Or were, would you avoid it just to be I, like, I don't want to use any of that. When you mentioned that before, I heard, I, I've literally never heard of this. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I genuinely like, so let me, please, s- I'm going to die on. Let me see if I can, so did she let me see if I can play a it. Top, another top line on this or was she? Yes, she did. Yep. So let me see if I can put. Oh my god! I, here I'm gonna share I it. Beat Charlie XCX. Oh my days and nights. Woo! <laughs> Hold on, let me see. So what happened was I played the uh, hard in my pocket Charlie XCX that oftentimes is labeled as like the Pretty Girls demo, uh, but I want to make it clear, just like with Megan Katoni and the Invisible Men, is those are two completely different songs. Oftentimes, and this is something that a lot of um, fan sites don't realize is they're like oh this is the evolution of this song or that song what happens is the producers create a beat from there then they say okay let's see if we can work with in this case like charlie xcx charlie what can you get from this create your own top line do your own thing top line lyrics melody all that stuff she works on it doesn't go anywhere fine then they're still like but we the producers are like you know what didn't work with charlie but let's just go ahead and have some other songwriters pop in and see if they can do something megan katoni created pretty girls so charlie xcx heart of my pocket truly has nothing to do with the actual pretty girl song it was two completely separate songs created using the same beats so as you know on the original doll podcast with me i like clearing up things and and just kind of protecting the legacy of all these artists so many of the songwriters i've had on talk about how a few different songs that they've done let's say like um gimme more where it had like three different groups were working on it uh created three different songs completely different melodies and everything they weren't the evolution of give me more they just use the same beats and created separate songs from that so if you see charlie xcx as you know this is the pretty girls demo it's not it was a separate song created using the same beats okay so and we're going to be going into that more we have several songwriters coming up and i so badly want to say the names of some of these people uh because many fans of music pop music britney spears are going to say oh finally um but have no fear that will be coming out soon enough but i wanted to clear that up so i actually played for megan the charlie xcx version of what she created on beats created by the invisible men called heart of my pocket 
Um, so Megan Katoni never even knew that existed because she was a separate writing camp working separate or writing session working on this separately. Uh, and that happens a lot. A lot of times producers throw some beats out there, say, hey, what can somebody make from this? Uh, and song A has nothing to do with song B, except for it's the same beats. You can have hundreds of different variations on top lines, melodies, and everything created using those same beats. So I played it for her. Um, her reaction was amazing. I might put that up on the Patreon for next month, but back to the show. Let's, yeah. let's jump into Little Mix because oh, yeah. there's not many times in my experience of most recording artists where there's the same group of songwriters that, that go from one project to the next. Right, 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 right. And so you came on and Move was a badass song, by the way, and Salute, badass. That's not a that's not a terrible way for you to, you know, break into the market and get those things. No, no. And I, I can tell you how all of those came about. Like- Yes, please. I, I started as their vocal coach. And at the time, so a friend of mine, his name was Phil. He was over from Australia. And we were signed as writers to the same publishing house which is called phrase differently and i had had no cuts literally i was signed by my friend and mentor hitten baradia because he believed in me he signed me literally after oh. five minutes after meeting me <laughs> and i had nothing like which was you know amazing um and he's just that kind of guy anyway i'm chatting all over the place um, your listeners are all going to have grey hair by the time I finish <laughs> gassing on. This is like lockdown side effects. Like you see another human being and you're like, blah, blah, do you know what I mean? So, um, uh, sorry, everyone. I don't know what the hell I was saying. <laughs> Let me think. Uh, Phil, okay, and you got, got signed. And so you, Phil, yep. so you are sharp, my friend. You've got no kids. Um, so, so Phil was going back to Oz and he said, I'm going to recommend you to the girls as and the label as their vocal coach. So at this point, they had only kind of just won X Factor. 2011, they won. And Wings was still like being smashed all over the place. So they were quite kind of, there was a bit of a buzz about them. Um, and so I I turned up this one day and I was like, okay, you sing <laughs> like all of this, like, and they were like, oh my God, the label were like, you're, you're what we've been waiting for. We love all the arrangings. That's such a passion. I do all the vocal production, which is probably why I've been dragged from album to album because of love that. Um, and uh, anyway, so I uh, um, got the gig. I got the gig and it was really good money. Like I was getting like, I don't know, 400 pounds for half a day I was charging or something like that because I was being, you know, it's an early start. It's, you mm -hmm. know, going all over the place. Um, anyway, so I was like, oh my God, if I only remain as Little Mix's vocal coach forever, that is fine with me. Thank you, God. Like, I just thought it's such an open opportunity. I literally did not have 2P to rub together. I was that broke. Like, I mean, I'm talking, I was cleaning toilets before sessions. To, to like make ends meet. It, it was not a good time for that but you know you you do what you got to do don't you um so anyway uh after time i obviously was touring with them doing this i got to know the a and r's very well and they were like would you like a session with uh little mix i was like oh my god yes please um can, and i said can i do it with duval so at the time duval and i were like we were, had some great songs and like really had a vibe Anyway, so the girls came and he was like, 
And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I got so nervous. I could not even see straight, James. I couldn't have told you my address. <laughs> and I literally went, hey, baby, tell me your name. I got it. I literally, they were like, oh, we love it. Like, like literally. Like that? I'm like. Yeah. And, and I was like. By the way, your voice is amazing. Oh. Your voice is amazing. And right now it's like 930 by you. Your voice is. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Um, I'll pay you. <laughs> um, so, um, no, thank you. So I, 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 uh, we, we continued, we wrote the song, the girls, you know, were chucking things in, they made a great input and, you know, we did loads of really fun stuff, like, you know, that I know that you want to watch a guest thing, I know what you're good at, like all the chromatic stuff, like really left pop. Like it was all a bit crazy. Anyway, we had that we kind of had the like, mm, get your back off the wall, don't you get comfortable. Like we had that as an idea, but it just didn't kind of seem like it was anything. And then they went and me and Deval were like, oh my God, what do we do? We haven't got a chorus. We haven't got any, <sighs> like we just had these bits of songs, like, and we were just staring at each other, like, <laughs> like it was, you know, the biggest opportunity we've ever had mm -hmm. at this point. Obviously he's gone on to have freaking Calvin Harris and <laughs> massive smashes with the, you know, um disciples and you know whatever he's done but this moment we were like what are we doing <laughs> so anyway he started playing this like i said go to the a flat so then he was going mm, 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 mm. and i was like oh and then i was like do it again just to try and get me started and then he that's when that bit that weird like well, you know that I'll be waiting for you. And it just goes over that. Yep. Dong, 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 dong. Round and round. It was the weirdest thing. And we were like, yes. Anyway, we sent the song to the label and we literally, we were, we were jumping around the room, but we said to ourselves, they are going to think we have lost our minds. Like that is literally what we said. <laughs> and apparently they loved it. Like they played it in the office and people were walking in to be like, what is this? Yes, apparently that's called the zombie effect where you have little wanderers. <laughs> so yeah, so then, yeah, Amazing. they never ever. And so we, anyway, this song, Move has literally, oh God. It's had 15 endings. We, we tried like, when I move, you move, just like that. We had all this, like, we're, Ludacris was going to be on it, like, all this stuff. Anyway, we were in the studio forever trying to finish it. Mm -hmm. And finally we did, but it's just not a standard arrangement. Like, it doesn't go first pre-hook, first pre-hook, middle eight, hook, you mm -hmm. know? It just doesn't do that. It goes all over the place. So that was really tricky. And I have to say, the A&Rs, um, Anya Jones and Guy Langley, they dragged us through it. Like they believed in that song That's and they, awesome. it wouldn't, it wouldn't be out if they hadn't have gone, okay, we've got to do it again. What about this? Try this. Like they beat it out of us, I think in a way. So um, anyway, thank God that's happened. And then anyway, when we did move, they said, oh, would you like to go and work with TMS? Um, and I was like, oh yes, please. 
So TMS are just like massive, amazing, incredible producers, writers. And the, so the first day I was in there and Fro, who's like some little secret genius, like sitting in the corner, the little geek, you know, um, he's like got this crazy like trap beat and I was going, and that what yeah and that is all it was and then the girls came in and they really liked the beat and we all sat there and I was going I was going trying to make sense of the owl and it goes salute I think even Jade was reading words and we were like salute salute which always makes me laugh because I gave her such a hard time because of her really strong Geordie accent. She was like, salute, salute, salute. <laughs> like, like, soften it down, Jade, soften it down. Um, that's one of those things that's oh. that's amazing because when I first learned about Little Bix, it was like DNA was just released. And it was like, ah, let me see like what the big deal is of this. And I was yeah. like, wings? Little Mix has become such like beyond girl power. It's been such like an anthemic positive. All these songs that you've done, there's always been acknowledging of what it is, but moving and growing from it. It's beyond the Phoenix thing. And so I think what you've done yeah. and you've done well is these songs are anthems that you don't realize they're anthems until you catch yourself going, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm on this ride. Yeah. I'm, you know, competition, you know, all this stuff where you want to do it gloves up, you know, all these songs um, yeah. have just to wait. So, yeah. so you did, okay. So move salute. So yes. then it was that it was it get weird was the next album. I'm trying to think. I think it was. Yeah. That sounds right. Get weird. Um, I'd have to look at mine. Cause that had lightning on it. Yeah, that had lightning on it. And um, that was more of a anomaly, shall we say. And I don't think the label were particularly fond of it, but the girls absolutely championed it. And they wanted it as a performance piece in the, in the show. And I think it was that kind of like pop meeting, opera meeting, trap. Um, it was produced by Troy Boy, who's amazing. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so lightning. There was so so many songs been involved in. Well, how did that? How did that work though? Because I noticed when I looked up with like publishing and everything, is it has lightning yeah. and then a separate song, lightning, you know, interlude and just like weird and then weird interlude. Was that you went back in to create something new for like the performance? That's the part that I I don't get when yeah. it's interlude because it's not an interlude on the albums. You know what I mean? No, no. No, and um, so because as as you have pointed out, my kind of journey with Little Mix, Little Mix is involves me wearing lots of different hats: mm -hmm. writer, vocal producer. Um, I I I was assist I assisted the MD for a few of the tours because I would arrange acapellas and do all these extra things like you know, special versions of whatever song I would create for That's them. That's so amazing. It was amazing. And I, I I, guess I did just fall into it just because of my passion of all things vocal. I'm very vococentric. And 
I believe in part the vocal is the lead instrument most of the time and it's so often neglected. I come from the school of brandy vocals, Stevie Wonder, like very much like R&B and just all based around the vocals. Um, of course, production is important. Of course, the the music and the chords, but it's this, if I say, oh, do you love, do you like this song? You'd sing it to me. You wouldn't go, you sometimes wouldn't sing a bass line. You'd sing me the song. You'd sing me the top line and the melody and lyrics. So Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm so involved in that in whatever form it comes in, you know. Um, so yeah, that's what the lightning interlude and the other thing is. I think that we sort of made all these, you know, special versions. Well, and this is where it's been. It's it's fun for me to learn this because you're a songwriter who's a vocal producer. Because I think you did Secret Love Song. Was that one that you like yep. just did the vocal exactly. producing? Now, can you explain to the listeners what a vocal producer actually does? Yeah, absolutely. So when an artist is going to record a song, um, let's say for the released version, the song that will last forever in time, like if you were shooting a movie, it's the same way. I would take the girls to the studio and and not the decision wasn't always mine about who sings what, um, but that would be a consideration and I would maybe have to record the, the whole song with all the girls and we try out different combinations of who sounds good where um, and then the A&Rs would ultimately, with the girls, decide who's going to sing what bit. The opening verse was always very coveted. The chorus is always very coveted, but that's that's not really all of my role. My main role is recording the girls and getting them, them excuse me, getting them to perform it the best they can, helping them technically. If there's like a funny little thing, how they approach it. Okay, drop your jaw, make it more of an E. Smile here. All right, let's have a break. Like just coaching them through it. Um, it's such a difficult job to do well because you become their agony aunt, you are their like confidant, they will cry to you and you're trying and it's fucking draining. I mean, and, and the girls know this, I mean, I don't make any secret, but my God, like doing Little Mix's vocal production is an absolute labor of love. It takes days to do a song days and days mm. um black magic took four days Mr. I need a magic to change him overnight is the answer come and get it why still got time um you know oh my goodness just because okay we need to swap this part and then i've got to do it again all right so and so thinks she can beat this let's get her back in blah, blah, blah. And it's really about fine tuning, much like with a movie, you don't just shoot it once and off you go. Multiple takes, you edit. Is this the right, did they say that the right way? La la la. Then there's the editing, then there's the timing and the pitching, then there's, it's just such a long process, but it's so integral to pop music because pop music isn't recorded live anymore like they did Mm -hmm. in Motown days, you know, when the band would go, they rehearse it, five, six, seven, hit it. Like, you know, that's not how pop music works anymore. 
So the, the role of the vocal producer is really, you know, can be very, very important for groups like this. Um, you know, like, I guess you could kind of give an analogy of Usain Bolt. He is the fastest guy on the planet. He still has someone coaching him, mentoring him. All right, mate, one foot there. No, do this, da, da, da. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is. It's like running the marathon, you know? I love it. Well, and so I have a question with this yeah. since you, like, clearly you would know. So with vocal producing, so with Little Bix, what's great is you have these four distinct voices. Yeah. And we're going to get into confetti and confetti remix and, and saweetie and everything. Oh, yeah. How, there are often times where performers are sick or can't make a show date for what, like, right. they're out, they're, they can't do it. So ultimately, how much say does the performers get? Let's say like little mix to be like, okay, who's covering, you know, Leanne's part or who's covering Jade's part or who's covering Perry's? Because if it's, especially if it's a last minute thing, because yeah. I assume since they're in the studio, they kind of get a vibe of the songs, yeah. but not everyone's vocal range is the same. And I think they've, I think they've done a good job recording or in, and when I've seen them, like Jade covering Perry because she's not there or whatever. Right. They do a really great job oh, where yeah. you don't notice it. Right. The only thing I've ever noticed is the tone is different because each yeah. member has a distinct tone, yeah. which I love. And they they kept it in there where I, I think it yeah. would be very easy to make it this very blank, clinical, just sound, wall sound. Yeah. So how does, who ultimately yeah. helps decide those things when it is when you're MDing or anything like, um, I, yeah, I, I think I, in, are we talking about in a live sense? Cause, cause basically when yep. you're recording, we, we, we don't think about live much when we're recording the song because the live thing can be, how can we say manipulated, right? Yep. And that's just the way mm -hmm. it is. The show, you've got to put on a show. And if you've got to sing some absolutely mental note every night, it's probably not realistic because your voice is tired, you know? So mm -hmm. there are ways around it. I mean, I'm not going to go into it too much because <laughs> it will just bore everybody to tears. But yep. we worry about the live when we have to do the live. Got it. And they have... Go on, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, because we've had uh, music producers, remixers that have said, hey, when I've had to remix a song, yeah. they said, we need the TV edit. We need that one with the lower yes. main, the lower melody. Right. We need those things. So the listeners learned about it from when they right. talked about whether it's Britney or Beyonce or anyone, that everyone has that like that sound that's created where it's there as kind of an extra layer. And and the other thing, to your point. Yeah if these performers and the performers nowadays are performing a lot more and more strenuous than they were 25, 30 yeah. years ago. Cause I remember I told somebody, I said, Mariah Carey's rainbow tour. I think she had like eight dates in like the whole tour, right. you know? And now you have like, here's little mix. They're going to, yeah. you know, after they all have babies, we're going to go on like a massive world tour. Oh, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so, massive. It's going to be massive. So then let's Wait. jump to, glory days with you because yeah. we have that was private show yes how how often would you get the call going hey we want you to work on little mix and you say sorry i can't do it or is it like every time they're like 
we need you, Meg. We need you to come in here and well, give us your thing. They were always, I, I feel they are my friends. I love them more dearly. Um, and so for me, it was like always like when they're, when they're writing, I want to be involved. And, and you know, luck, I, I'm very blessed to have been part of so much. Um, and I, as I, as I said earlier, just having children has made me have to say no. Recently, um, with, the confe- with the Confetti album, I did very little. And I think I wrote just one song for that. Um, there it is. There it is. Those gorgeous girls. Look at them. You have two songs. Oh, yes. So Confetti... I feel like I can't really take credit for this, but I know all my team around me is like, yes, you can take it. <laughs> um, I, I, I wrote a little bit on that, which was um, when we were doing the vocal production, um, I I gave uh, Jesse, I was like, can you sing this? And it was, oh, na, 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 let it rain down. Oh, na, 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 let it rain down. Oh, na, 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 let it rain down. Like that. And they ended up using it repeatedly. So it became part of the song. So it's normal for me to give them things to sing. Can you put this here? Let's try this. But I've never gotten writing credits for those things. And some people probably would ask for it, but I kind of just don't. Um, But anyway, because TMS are amazing guys, they were like, well, you should have some writing on this because that that bit you did. I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm not going to say it. (laughs) I'm not going to turn down you offering that to me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. So yeah, so I did the vocal production <laughs> and there are bits, I think they had to finish it off with um, a friend of mine I recommended to to the girls, Raffaella. Um, she is an incredible singer-songwriter in her own right, but she has always produced. So when I said mm-hmm. I need someone to take over for me because I have a newborn and you know what I mean, um, she was the perfect person. I don't know why I didn't think of her before. Um, so she's been doing a lot of that. She did um, Heartbreak Anthem. I was asked to do the vocal production for that, but I said, and I said, I can't, I'm sorry. Here's Raphael's number. So yeah, she did a great job. She did a great job. Um, was Heartbreak Anthem done during the confetti production or was it done after the album was wrapped? Because I know it got- Way after, way after. Released and they had to re-record stuff because Jesse- That's right. Set, like. Yeah. And and that that's one of those things that I think is always so crazy is once again, there could be songs that are done months yeah. before and yeah. things change. And I had just talked about Little Mix being if this was just mere months ago where I said Little Mix has been one of the longest consistent girl groups, girl bands yeah. in the history of pop music that I knew of, Definitely. where it's the same lineup since yes. creation that it wasn't two people. And yeah. so after I say it, release these, some episodes talking about yeah. it. And then it's like, Jesse's like, peace. And I'm yeah. like, oh no. But, but when I tell you, they are genuinely best friends and they genuinely uh-huh. love each other. And there's none of this like backstabbing shit. Like they love and care for each other and they protect that. Um, I love that. If it falls apart, then they have nothing. Um, obviously Jesse's path is, you know, going wherever she's taking it and, the other girls, you know, totally understand that. And they were together 10 years, you know, you know, you get, you get less time for murder. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I think, well, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Well, and that's what, that's one of those things. It's like, 
when I look at what they've done and even you being a part yeah. of just this discography, yeah. you've been there since the second album, you've been on singles, you've been on songs in which they perform live, yeah. there were videos and everything. And I think that what I truly love about Little Mix and this is the this is the hope in this part, because what's kind of funny mm -hmm. is the next artist we're gonna talk about, Kylie Minogue, yeah. is they don't get the honor and success that they deserve in the United States. No, they've never broken the states. They've never broken the states. Like they have toured it. We did. I went on a five-week radio tour with them. Literally, James. There was a day we did five flights in one day. I was like, no wonder people get exhausted and like turn to drugs. Do you know what I mean? It was mental. Absolutely. Um, and, and I must just say, disclaimer, none of the girls do drugs, okay? <laughs> they, they don't. That They are freaking, they'd rather a cup of tea and a freaking Netflix. When I've seen interviews with them and even talking to you is yeah. that you love music and these four artists yeah. because they are individual artists that just happen to be in a collective group yeah. because they all have their own thoughts and everything and yes. i was always concerned is the next album going to be the one where we're just the, the four just yeah. quit and they don't have anything yeah. more to give in them and then here you are confetti and then releasing these songs and me just going fuck yeah they they still are here there is no, and, and solo artist, artist, that doesn't happen for 10 years no. where you're still at the top of the game. And even with Galantis, Heartbreak Anthem, yeah. I'm just like this. And if that doesn't chart something in the United States, I have no idea what to do. Because Galantis being Bloodshine Avant, Britney Spears, yeah. you know, Godsend People. Yeah. This is, this is crazy. So I'm glad I get to talk to you about this because 100%. these these are great songs they deserve they deserve they deserve to break america like they definitely do i think the the only issue like if i were being like super critical about the the project is that mm -hmm. the songs that uk pop isn't us pop true it's not yep. like that's not what the ear is and if you know breaking getting on american radio is hard is hard so mm -hmm. unless you've got max martin on it like it's not i'm saying that's not the only way but like yeah no no, no totally helps, you know what i mean so yep i don't know may, maybe maybe it will finally break like confetti is definitely a song i think that can translate now i don't yep. know if the other signals shout out to my ex black magic were very much that teeny pop maybe avril would have done a song like that before that girl group I don't know. I don't know. Um, Salute, maybe. Not because it's one of my songs, but it just had a little bit more of a, like, swag to it. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Well, and those are, and I always say, I, you know, I, I actually have a couple questions from some drag queen performers that had reached out, and they were just oh. like, Little Mix, these songs move. Salute. Yeah. These are songs that always get the boys going in San Francisco for brunch. Keep it up, girls. Keep it up, Megan. 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 However you say her name, so tell her I love her. Just no, that's what she. That's from? what they said here. So it's like 
Danny from San Francisco. Right. Danny, my cousin lives in San Fran, okay? So when I go to visit, <laughs> you're taking me for brunch and we're going to listen to the songs. Yes. That is it. Yes. Done. I I love it. Slide into my DMs, Danny. Slide <laughs> in. I, I love this. And mm. so we have more more things where people are just saying like, do you ever look back at those songs and think, wow, these songs have stood the test of time and they don't sound dated like many pop songs can? Yes, I do. Because I think that they, especially with Move, it was such a left, like wonky pop. I don't know what the name is to, to call it, but it doesn't, it didn't sound of the moment anyway. It was a real like red herring. I don't know. Abstract yes. pop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of sound, I think you can get away with because it was like do, you, you know like all the sounds in it oh we should we should we should speak about this for a minute because this, this is quite interesting um that do, 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 do. that's one of the girls making the noise do was like noises sorry do was like okay next mm, mm, that's perry ah that's lee that it's all of the girls voices And it was done completely off the cuff. And the little cowbells, we were like, what the fuck do we use? We got some Coke bottles out of the bin, the glass. <laughs> what I love is that this is like true artisans yeah. at work where you're just in there going and going, you know what? These are the tools that we have right now. And I think that's something where this, like even with like, like confetti, yeah. because I remember I was like, when I first heard, I was like, Oh, I like this. And yeah. I started noticing more and more from the the Glory Days album on, I started listening to the different little sounds and the different little nuanced things that right. were happening because it's not just like, here's the piano, no. here's a bass, here's the vocals. No. There's a lot going on. And I always tell everyone, everyone, when I share, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Apple um, playlist and everything, yeah. put headphones on. It is the best way to hear these yeah. songs. And all little mix albums are now on that new lossless Apple. So they're all they're all available now. Okay. I think it just came out in June, okay. May or June. Um, but I forgot what it's called, but they just did that. Amazing. I must well, the lossless thing is good. Uh, please, okay. I'm gonna write this down. I must shout out uh Camille and M and EK and TMS for for writing confetti because it's such a banger like such a banger um they did them they did the majority of the confetti album and um no that they they are part of this long lasting team and i think testament to their success and their goodness as humans like the same people stick do you know what i mean yep and, absolutely and they know what works and they have really you know championed that and I even got a shout out at the Brits when they got their award recently. Wait, what? Yes. And I, I was floored. My phone, I went off to do bedtime. I wasn't watching the Brits. I was about to make myself a cup of tea. Mom life. Yeah, fucking hell, <laughs> my dressing gown on, right? And then I come down, my phone is blowing up. I thought someone had died, James. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? They were like, congrats congrats i was like what's happened i was like i don't know what i was like what's going on anyway so it was that 
they were like that you got a shout out of the brits i was like okay i don't know what you're talking about anyway someone thankfully sent me a clip and it was the girls winning their award and saying thank you to their team and they said my name camille um tms um and it was so I, i was blown away i was blown away james because you know you do it for the love but to have a, like a very public, you know, thank, thank, thank you, excuse me, um, was just lovely, lovely. We want to start by thanking our incredible fans, of course, Jesse, and then our amazing team, Simon Forbes, Dave Dollamore, Joe Innocent, and everyone at RCA, our management team, Sam, Georgie, Amy, Louise, Richard and Harry, and everyone else at Modest. The amazing writers and producers we've worked with on Confetti. Shout out to Camille, Megan Catoni, M&EK, TMS, and all of the other amazing talented creators involved. Well, and the thing is, that's what, you know, I, I hope with this, this, you know, the original Dial podcast is to really shine a light because there's so many, it takes a village. Yeah. There are so many people that are, that are behind that are creating these stories and what I love is being able to hear these yeah. stories and talk to, talk to you all because like your voice your voice is badass like when you were yeah. just singing that i was like damn girl my demos. it's good fun to have a listen you can hear some songs these songwriters are just amazing angels from heaven because oh. to be able to do it because we as consumers we as listeners there are times where we can't communicate how we feel and sometimes you just want to put on that song and get lost in it and that's what you've done yes. consistently and so now let's jump oh really quickly when a song like yeah, yeah, yeah. Confetti, so Confetti was done originally as a foursome, yeah. then with Jesse leaving, then they were giving it the yeah. single treatment and remix. That's right. Do they go do they go back in and completely re-sing the whole thing? No, no, they wouldn't need to do that. I think maybe some parts got swapped around because Jesse previously opened the song. We wanna celebrate like we in the club every day. Got all my friends here with me, and I don't need ya, I don't need ya. Get the stress up on me, so I don't need your stress up on me. Baby, we don't love No, I don't need ya, I don't need ya. But I think wasn't Confetti the album version? Doesn't it have her on it? Yes, it does. But the remix. And then yeah. Yeah, so the new, the single version has Perry opening. So there was some bits taken out, Jesse's ad-libs, um, I don't hear anymore, all that sort of stuff. And then Perry obviously would have sung that. But I think I recorded her at uh, in the original like recording mm-hmm. sessions. I'm sure I recorded her on the first verse and I really liked it. And I remember saying, Perry, you should open this. So that obviously. The thing is, tonally, Perry and Jesse's voices had much more of a richness mm-hmm. and that kind of weight to it. Jade and Leanne's voice were more similar because they had a little bit more clarity, a bit more bell-like. Leanne's got that powerhouse, like high bell. Pe- in fact, all of them, 
are incredible singers and their ranges are nuts. So with the whole swapping around, that really helped. Like they're all genuinely great singers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so w when recording, I try not to put Perry next to Jesse because there was more similarity. So you go Perry Leanne or Perry oh. then Jesse Leanne or Jade. So you, you could kind of mix and match. You know what I mean? So that was that was always fun. See, I love that because the thing is, it's like these are four artists. These are four women with their own voices and everything in there. But it's like yeah. it's you as the architect have to figure out what's the way to give them each their shine and not yeah. and not have it where it's just too because sometimes it can be yeah. too much. If sounds are too conflicting, it's bad. And if they're too similar, yeah. it's bad. So yeah. then for here, so you have gloves up. Now let's jump from Little Mix yeah. to yep. Disco Goddess. Magic. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I mean, this woman, Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you're watching Outlander, but that's where I got that. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so yeah, so Kylie Minogue. Now, what's interesting is Kylie talked yeah. about she was basically zooming and had to learn how to kind of vocal edit and do all these. She she was yeah. doing a lot of this. So how did you yes, get involved yes. in it? And what did you already hear from the album if anything was done or what direction were they were going? Were they going? So the pre so the album before disco was this country one. I can't remember the name, forgive Golden. me. Golden, yes. So Sky Adams, who is a friend of mine who's an incredible producer. He produced, I think, the majority of that album, Golden. And they invited him to do the like lion's share of, of disco. Like they wanted a lot of time with Sky. And he invited me to to work with him. And I literally, I mean, I will thank him till my my dying day. But um so he's like, okay, we're going to do three days in the studio with Kylie. And I was like, oh my God. Like, like I, she's like this big, right? She looks about 18 years old. She's 52. I was like th this close, like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like looking going, oh, she's got no paws. <laughs> like I was staring <laughs> at her, but she's, so freaking nice. She makes you feel at ease. She comes with her little bag of, yeah, have a snack. That's great. Oh, this is delicious. Like, she's like the nicest, nicest, nicest human being. And she works fucking hard. So all her success, she has worked for that. Not, you know what I mean? She's always thinking about what to do, how to do this, blah, blah, blah. So that's how I came involved with her. So this, the first sessions I think were January. So we, COVID was in the news. We were like, what's this mm -hmm. crazy flu? You know, it's just a cold, whatever it was. Um, so we did the three days and then we had, we did three songs or four songs in that day. I think the first one we, we did with Hey Lonely was the first one we wrote. Are you serious? Hey, you older.
but she's an incredible writer and she was just straight out the block so like oh like yeah yeah okay and you know you don't want to I, I call it cock blocking like if someone is on their phone you don't go stop you just be like yeah okay all right I'm with you like you know you so she was just bang dancing singing it was great did she know she so wanted to go it. like disco-y and dancey like was that the thought to begin with the whole concept the whole concept was always disco I love it. so i was driving to the sessions with earth wind and fire <laughs> all my favorite disco like it's just incredible music like my god the yeah she's so beautiful i mean oh god Love her, love her. And, yeah, she's like, and like we'll be on Zoom, and she'd be like, "Oh, I better recycle this." Like she's just normal, but she's Kylie. Mm-hmm. Like how she is. She'd phone me sometimes. How you doing? Oh, just so nice. She'd let me know things. Like people don't do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? She's a very special person. I love it. Was there you know? was there anything she said with knowing it was going to be a disco theme? Was there anything she said, hey, before we get started, I don't want this sort of theme in there. I don't want that sort no. of theme. Or was she just open to it all? No, she was so open. And the that. thing is, like, she, yeah, and she just let it happen. And, and this was really surprising to me. We wrote 10 songs and seven of them are on the album. Now, and the only reason the other ones on on it was just because they just weren't quite the disco vibe like i did one called i could send you that yes was the other one but it's more like of a red herring as well um but i i can i can send them to oh, and you can have a little secret listen yes i would love it because celebrate you was on the album oh i love that one So I wanted to hop off for a second to remind you, you can go ahead and join me on my Patreon, patreon.com slash the original doll, where you get some exclusive content. It keeps this podcast going. So even as something as uh, small as a dollar a month helps keep the original doll podcast up and running. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, The other thing is I wanted to give you a little snippet of an exclusive part from the September exclusives for the original doll. And then don't forget, follow me on the original doll, the dot original dot doll at Instagram. And you can even go to www.theoriginaldoll.com. I know sometimes people are like, oh, there's other ones that are similar named and similar themed. It's like, make sure you get this one. 
the Original Doll podcast, uh, Britney Spears with James Rodriguez. We are the one which talks to all of these fantastic songwriters, producers, and we are a charitable podcast, giving back to those in need. So I'm going to hop out. Uh, but yeah, here's a little snippet of a Patreon exclusive. I got about 15 questions, by the way, for this song. And I want to go back to Kylie, but I just remembered too. It's, yeah, yeah. it's about Kaki with Kesha. God, how did that one get out in the world? So, wow, yeah, I, I know both of those versions. So I did those with Kesha and Stuart Crichton in LA, maybe maybe 2015, 16. That would have been the rainbow era that she was working on with like praying yeah. and things like that. Yeah, because I, I, so I met her. So we did a, this is an amazing writer's camp. Like this is, it's not very glamorous, this world people think it's like crazy like schmoozy you know it's not but occasionally we get like opportunities to go to some foreign tropical destination and write songs in a beautiful place and of course I would say yes I am calling myself a camp whore genuinely love it I just love meeting people let's write a song you know that be the name of your autobiography camp whore like just that I love that. that. You can write it, James. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have so anyway, any ability. Um, I would just be like, camp or, or, or. Yeah. Done. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I met Kesha. We got on so well. And then when I went to LA, we wrote together. She's mental. I love, like, her vibe, everything about her. She, I went, um, we went to, uh, what's that Mexican place? El Compadre before her i don't know if she, you ever knew she did this secret gig in la um, i heard about it yeah so we went to el compadre for some food before and there was a friend of ours james newman who did eurovision i don't know if you saw the uk one that was james so we went back with with kesha in her backstage room i it was like we'd gone to see the show then we came back to the room the green room i like, you know, when there's loads of people following you, like, I need to get this door open. And I just went through fucking Joaquin Phoenix. No, no, Dave Chappelle was behind the door and I smacked the door and he's like, like off his face on drugs. I don't know what he was on, but I was like, of all the people I could have crushed, Dave Chappelle, who I think super cool and would have loved to have had a chat, but I was like, I'm so sorry uh like it was pretty funny yeah and and whacking feelings was back there as well so oh my goodness it was good but so so you know, did i crush whacking i don't know one of them but anyway i think they both got a bit of a bash see my hair's grown a bit more i now. love it there i love go. it it's like getting a bit better all right i love it yeah so <laughs> so people were asking about that and it, there's there's a few other ones that so there you have some exclusive content from our Patreon where I dive deeper into the songs with the songwriters and producers. Patreon.com slash the original doll. Now back to the episode. Right, I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you for having me because I've enjoyed it so much, James. You are such a lovely human being. I hope we can be friends forever. And I'm definitely, if I ever do come to Chatown, you're going to, we're going out on the wrestle. Absolutely. That's for sure. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Meg, thank yeah. you so much for coming to the original doll and spending time with us. And we will have you on again in the future. I'd love to. So if you have any questions for Meg, 
and the goddess that she is, please go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram, the.original.doll, or go old school, www.theoriginaldoll.com. Thank you, James. <laughs> Brittany. Uh-huh.